Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Kelly Patrick List Show. Yeah, welcome in. This is the weekend sports buzz. Uh, Kelly Patrick is out. Myself, Steve Driver is in alongside Gary Love. We have Chris Embry, Doc, behind the mic there. Uh, Thanks for tuning in with us. Uh, First, I want to say that the weekend sports buzz is brought to you by the Louisville Combat Academy. It is located at 10105 Dixie Highway, Louisville, Kentucky, 40272. Um, Louisville Combat Academy has more active MMA fighters than any gym in Kentucky and has classes seven days a week. So uh, thanks thanks for tuning in with us. Again, Kelly was at the heavyweight title fight last night, the uh, Andy Ruiz-Anthony Joshua fight in Madison Square Garden, so I'm sure I'm sure he'll have some um, stories next week on that. We will touch on that a little bit, probably um, second hour, um, but, you know, it's nice that he's not here and we get to voice all of our opinions. Uh Gary and Chris are here, so we'll probably go pretty heavy on basketball recruiting, um, NBA Finals, and, you know, some other sports of the day, uh, NBA free agency, NFL draft, or NFL season, so uh, let's kick it off. How you guys doing? How's, how's it going, Gary? Doing good. Doing good. How you doing? Chris? Doing good, man. Glad Chris, to be back. Chris trying to get a seat adjusted over here. Must have been a little guy sitting in that during the week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had to adjust a little bit. Uh, we got a lot to talk about this weekend. Uh, uh, you know, what do you think about uh, the playoffs so far? Yeah, game two is tonight. Toronto is up on the Warriors uh, 1-0. And I think, Gary, we talked about this a little bit at work. We both kind of said, eh, the Raptors might win one game. Yeah. And now this thing, uh, this series looks completely different. The Warriors – <clears throat> the I mean it looks it looks like it's all Steph and and Iguodala looks old. Yes. Um Cousins doesn't look like he's ready to play. Nope. Uh and you know the Raptors have the best defense in the NBA. I think I saw a stat where it said the Raptors ha- are ranked 8th in off- offensive efficiency, 1st in defensive efic- efficiency. And the Warriors are the exact opposite. The Warriors are first in offensive efficiency and eighth in defensive. But that defense looks like it's really winning out. Uh, wh- what do you guys kind of expect from game two tonight? I'll, I'll go ahead, Chris. Well, I was just going to say, I think uh, I think the Raptors are actually going to uh, push it. I-, I think they have a good chance of winning this second game due to that defense. I mean, obviously we've heard – uh, for decades that defense wins championships. Um, and that may uh, be Golden State's demise. But, I mean, come on. They've got the best team. Golden State is the best uh, offensive team in my lifetime. So, What I really noticed is that um, they have Van Vliet on Curry, and then when they try to screen to get Van Vliet off him, uh, Marcus All, yeah, he's they they really just shut shut that down. I mean, their defense is legit. Yeah, they're trying to they're trying to take the ball out of Curry's hands. They 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 game one they double team it. half as soon as the ball crosses yeah. half court, they're trapping. Um, I got a little different uh, 
opinion on tonight's game, I think Golden State wins by 10 or better. You're not going to get 32 from Siakam again. But at the same you know, time, um, I know, Leonard didn't go Yeah, he didn't, have, he didn't have a very good game. But I think once you get Cousins a little bit more established, you played eight minutes game one, uh, he's, he's kind of the – if they can get him conditioned right, they got a huge advantage underneath. I Yeah, I just don't know – I just don't see him making that big of a difference. I think he's a good passer out of the post. Mm-hmm. Are people still saying that they don't need Kevin Durant now? Yeah, well, this is <laughs> – how many games that they won five in a row without Durant right. after he got hurt in um, game five of the Houston-Golden State series. And uh, people said they don't need Kevin Durant. And now they probably need him more than ever. Um you know, what if they they could go down 0-2, head, head back to Golden State? Mm-hmm. I think uh, Durant is maybe playing the comeback game three. Um, I don't think anybody's really too sure, but they they look vulnerable. Yes. I mean, they look – they after f- four straight years of being in the NBA Finals, this team looks very beatable. You know, the, the biggest knock on Golden State is, like we talked about, their defense is just – how many wide-open threes did Toronto get there just by swinging the ball? Yeah. I mean, their rotation defense is terrible. So, I don't know if they just came out expecting to win or what it was, but if Clay Thompson or Steph Curry have an off night with this team without Kevin Durant, they're very beatable. Yeah. So, I, it don't look like Iguodala is going to play tonight. Um, what do you do, his hamstring or whatever mm-hmm. he's got going on? So, I don't think he'll play, but I don't know. Did you say tonight uh, is in Golden State? No, it's it's, it's in Toronto. Yeah, Toronto. Yeah. Okay. Yep. What is it? Two two one one one. I think is what they do now. Yeah. Yeah. I personally, I don't think Toronto wins another game. Really? Yeah. But that's just me. Yeah, I think Toronto's going to win uh, one more, and then uh, I think Golden State still wins out. But you know, at least we uh, are going to have somewhat of a series. Yeah, I'm tired of seeing Golden State just sweeping teams. You know, um, at least there's some intrigue in these finals, yeah. unlike other years. I mean, I'm not a Golden State fan. I don't like Golden State, but you got to respect what they do. You, yeah, you've got a bunch of superstars on that team that took pay cuts to play together. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of people don't respect that style of forming a team, mm-hmm. as we know. Uh, but as a, as a lifelong Cavs fan, I've come to learn to fear the Warriors probably, you know, more than anybody. The, the way they they could be down 10 and 20 seconds later they're up to just the barrage of threes. But I I think maybe we've been preconditioned really to think that's just, that's just going to happen no matter what. Yeah. And but if you really break down each matchup between the series, I I don't know where it's where it's coming from tonight, you have Ste- you have Steph and Clay, mm-hmm. and it seems like that's it. And they're doing a great job defensively on both of them. Uh, if Eagle Doll is out, and Green had who, a triple double, but it was only yeah. ten, ten, and ten. Who's stepping in to to make all these threes? Yeah, Quinn Cook. No, um, Livingston or yeah. I, I just yeah, I just Livingston, don't know where you're yeah. gonna get it. This yeah. this Toronto team defensively. I thought in game one, even in the fourth quarter when the Warriors were down 10, yeah. I still thought the Warriors were going to win. Yeah, because it only takes three threes to get you back yeah. in the game. And, and you know, uh, Kayvon Looney's playing decent. 
But he can't. I don't think he can play Gasol. Gasol's got so many old. He's got what old man moves, he YMCA does. moves, and he's a good ball player. And he's got a nice three pointer. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, and you know he's. It's probably it's kind of weird to say, but he's changed the series probably more than anybody. Can you imagine the pickup? He stretches the floor. You know how how tall is Gasol? Seven foot, I think. You know, he'd shoot a three pointer. They got him for next to nothing too, didn't they? Yeah. So, um, is this the most improbable finals team that you've ever seen? No. What what would what, they finish second in the East? Toronto, they're fifty-seven huh. and twenty-four. They, their record's better than Golden State's. Um, I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, who would have seen that at the beginning of the season? Uh, the way uh, some people predicted them to be here. Them or Boston? Yeah. I just didn't. You know the way they shut down Milwaukee, right? I thought yeah. Milwaukee. I think maybe was they were handle. just better than we we all thought. Even after winning that series, I I didn't think that they'd win. I said maybe one game the series. Yeah. I just didn't see. I thought the the, you know, the train of Golden State would just power through once again. You know, you just don't see, you don't see Toronto on TV, so you really don't know the type of team they are, or anything like that. Um do you think this helps them with Kawhi Leonard in the offseason? See, that's that's a loaded question because I'm trying – I think Kawhi's mind is already made up. I think he's going – I think he's going to go to the Clippers. I do too. Where do you, where do you go to college? San Diego State? Yes. He yes. bought a house during the re- regular season in San Diego. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to the Clippers whether he wins one or – he could win it all. I think he's going to the Clippers. Yeah. I really do, but that trade that trade is still worth it. Even oh, yeah. if he leaves, you do that trade again. Yeah, because I I was never sold on DeRozan. I mean, he was all right. He was a volume shooter. Yeah. Um. Uh, so yeah, I, yeah. I mean, if they if they get a NBA title out of this, I mean, absolutely, it's worth it. And how does Dwayne Casey feel? Yeah. He, right. I mean, the crazy thing is he was coach of the year last year. I know. How do Gets you, fired <laughs> and then they go to the finals. It's which yeah. they was in the well, they was in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, wasn't they? Yeah, and they so, got smoked. Yeah, yeah. But see, uh, uh, Pascal Siakam, he had like thirty points game one, right? Thirty-two. Yeah. What's What's crazy is all regular season long, he was viewed as like a good number two option, and then he disappeared all playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then game one, he actually comes back, has a good game. Um, you know he's like a buck fifty too. He's so small as far yeah. as build for for an inside guy, but yeah, he's played better than I thought he would. I mean, he's, well, he's going to win Most Improved Player this year. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I think they got. I th- I was dead wrong on the series. I thought it was Warriors and five. Mm-hmm. I think is I think this might go to the distance. I just don't know, if, especially if Durant comes back. I don't know where they're going to get it from. I really don't. Right. You know, you have a lot of no-name guys on on the Raptors who who just step up, and then and then Kawhi didn't even have one of his amazing games no. that he has. You know, yeah. what do you have? Like, I think he only had two points in the first quarter the other night. Yeah. Um, uh, Fred Van Fleet from uh, uh, yeah, he's really, Wichita State. I mean, yeah. He went undrafted, played a year in the G League. He's uh-huh. he's found his spot. Yep. So yeah, he's they're gonna be really really good. Um. We can also talk about Houston. Looks like Houston's putting everybody on chopping block. I saw that, yeah. And uh, which they should because I mean they had. 
I mean, a great team this year. Dan Tony's contract uh, situation kind of fell through. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get to we'll get to Houston and yeah. what they're what they're going what's going on with them right now. But um, again, I want to touch on that huge heavyweight fight last night. Andy Ruiz won three belts from Anthony Joshua, and we do have Kelly Patrick who was there in MSG last night to witness history. How's it going, Kelly? Going great, Steve. How are you guys doing? You all sound great this morning. How is everything? Good, good. Thanks for calling in. Uh, tell us everything. How was the atmosphere? How was the fight? Um, anything crazy? Just fill us in, man. It was absolutely surreal. There were English people everywhere. Um, I had great seats. I was fortunate. Brian the Insider brought me, along with his wife, and it was amazing, man. There was English people everywhere. Right before the fight, I said to Brian, I said, uh, and his wife, I said, you know, Andy Ruiz has been boxing his entire life. Anthony Joshua did not start boxing until he was 19 years old, all right? I said that. A few drunken Englishmen right in front of us heard me say that, and they... They had just told us they'd been drinking all day. I didn't know they were listening, but they were not happy. They, they assured me it would be a quick knockout win for Joshua, and I felt a lot of hostility. We had really good seats, man. It was surreal. Um, so I kept my mouth shut, and I watched as, I don't know if you guys have seen clips of it yet, but a, a short little fat guy was able to knock out this absolute... Adonis of a human. I mean, he's 6'6 six, six against 6'2, six, but I'm telling you, it looked like a larger size discrepancy than that. And, man, it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Third round, saw Ruiz get knocked down. He fell awkwardly. You can't tell by many of the video footage that you see, but Ruiz fell very awkwardly, and it looked like he... I, hurt his arm bad. One of his arms was behind him as he fell onto it. And it looked like, you know, I thought the fight was going to be over. So in the third round, the first knockout knockdown of the fight was by Joshua. Okay. But Ruiz being the lifelong Mexican boxer that he is, was energized by being knocked down. He was energized. He hopped right up and just attacked <laughs> Just attacked Joshua like some chubby little kid who was mad. And <laughs> he was, I'm telling you, man, it was amazing. I mean, uh, he, he, he attacked him. He had combinations, and he threw bombs just like a Mexican does. I mean, it was absolutely beautiful. So he scored two knockdowns during the remainder of that third round. Then through the into the seventh round is where the, the action picked up again. And Ruiz knocked him down twice. Total of four knockdowns for Ruiz. And a TKO stoppage. Guys, it was absolutely amazing. Best sporting event I've ever been to in my life. What did the English people say after you gloated in front of them afterwards? You know, they were actually nice. I was nervous. I was trying to avoid getting into a fight because it was like a soccer hooligan type atmosphere. Everywhere you look, there are English people chanting all sorts of crazy thing. they were, things. They were all hammered. 
Um, the one guy who had corrected me prior to the fight, he was actually, he actually handled it pretty well. And he, he looked at me and he said, don't ever take my advice ever again. I don't know what I'm talking about. So he handled it well, <laughs> but I did not expect, you know, I, I, I thought Ruiz had a chance to be in a lifelong boxer. Like I had said, but to be honest, I really didn't think the little fat guy, he showed up looking so fat. Have you guys seen this? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, he he comes in at about 250 for his pro fights, okay? But for some reason, Ruiz decided not to diet for this short fight camp. And he showed up at 268, heaviest he's ever been in his life. He only had, he only five, had four weeks. He only had four weeks, but he, he had just fought, you know, not long ago. I mean, he had just finished up a fight camp not long ago. So, I mean, you're right. He only had four weeks, but... I mean, conventional wisdom normally says being fat doesn't help anything, but apparently <laughs> size does matter, even if it's not in the, the reach. I mean, that was a 74-inch reach on Ruiz against an 82-inch reach wow. on, on Anthony Joshua. Now, for MMA comparisons, that's like Conor McGregor fighting John Jones. Yeah. That's pretty amazing difference there. <laughs> Kelly, what what is yeah. it? I think uh, Joshua, he was landing some good shots, but does he just have a, a soft chin? Yeah, yeah, I guess he's got a soft chin. I mean, prior to last night, Joshua had only been knocked down once in his pro career, and that was against Vladimir Klitschko. So I guess we can say he has a soft chin. I think... The little fat guy, Ruiz, just had such combos. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you check out this footage, he would, he would put his little jab out there, and then when he connected, he was just ready to throw bombs. He had, great, he had, he had a great gas tank. In uh, Joshua, I think Joshua lacks, you know, head movement and some of the basic things that guys like Tyson Fury have really well. I, I don't think... Like I said, Joshua is not a lifelong boxer. There's some basic, you know, I've heard Joshua compared to Muhammad Ali a lot. Muhammad Ali had been boxing since a very young age. You know, he had great head movement. Uh, Joshua, a little bit too stagnant. I've heard him recently uh, compared to, you know, some of the historic guys. I think Frank Bruno or, you know, there's a lot of, historically, there's, there's a lot of fighters who look good. I mean, Joshua looked the part, and I said this right before the fight. I said, the cool thing about fighting, I said this to Brian right before the bell rang to start, the cool thing about fighting is looking good doesn't mean anything. And I think that's, uh, Anthony Joshua was, was exposed for being a uh, product of a lot of hype. Apparently he caught Vladimir Klitschko when he was washed up, I think it's safe to say now. And Anthony Joshua is very articulate. He looks good. He sounds good. He's got the English accent, and he's built like a, a, a Greek god. Yeah, he's but huge. That's not that's not what that's not what wins fights. Hey Kelly, do you think uh, do you think uh, Joshua quit? Deontay Wilder starting to say, say things on Twitter like uh, the worst thing he can do is quit. Do you think he mm -hmm. quit? It's difficult to tell what was said between him and the. And the ref, uh, I'll need to rewatch some of the clips more. But no, I don't think he quit. 
I think he was trying to keep going, and I think the the referee judged his body language. I saw him between rounds, between the third and seventh round. Joshua was wobbly. Yeah. Big, tall guy. You know, you, you could look at him and tell he was wobbly. Uh, and if you rewatch that first left hook that Ruiz really landed to the back of the head, that really messed with him. I mean, yeah. no. to answer your question, I don't think he's quit, but a lot of people, I saw Lou DiBella, an English promoter, came out and said, oh, my God, Anthony Joshua quit. So a lot of people do think he quit. I don't know. I'll have to rewatch more of the footage. It kind of looks like they exchanged left hooks, and Ruiz has landed a little bit harder or better, the better position. I don't know. But it really took his legs, and it looks like once he lost his legs, he never re- regained them. Right? Yeah. yeah that, that sounds like an accurate analysis. Yes. In my opinion. So everybody um, right now is quick to throw Joshua out the window. He's done for good. Maybe he just got, you know, maybe Ruiz just connected good. Maybe he doesn't have a soft chin. Maybe he just got rocked early. I mean, he could still b- bounce back from this, right? Yeah, he could. Um, it, it, you know, there was a lot of booze. What, what's next is the question. And Eddie Hearn, the promoter, the English promoter for Anthony Joshua, hopped in the ring, got booed by the local crowd there in New York, and they were immediately talking about a rematch. Okay, so I guess those two are going to match up next, and Joshua will have a chance at exacting his revenge against Ruiz. So you're, you're right, he's not done. He's not done. His career's not over. He's 29 years old. I think we still have quite a bit left to see from Joshua. But, I mean, we all wanted to see Deontay Wilder against Anthony Joshua. Now we get to watch a a second matchup, a rematch between Andy Ruiz and Anthony Joshua when when Ruiz only was less than a month short fill-in Substitute. Remember, Ruiz wasn't even the original opponent for Joshua for this fight. It was uh, Jarrell uh, Miller. It was it was uh, Big Baby. So this is a short fill-in opponent for Anthony Joshua's first trip to the United States. I guess we're going to see a, a rematch now, which is amazing. I don't know, man. Do you guys think Ruiz would have a chance against Deontay Wilder or Tyson Fury? Absolutely not. But he has the three belts. It doesn't matter. I mean, he he runs the heavyweight four. division. He actually has four, four. belts. Okay, now. I think he should. I think Joshua should get a rematch. I think that should happen anytime a champion loses their belt. Joshua Ruiz. Who are we talking about fighting Deontay or Fury? No, I'm asking Ruiz. Does Ruiz have a chance against Fury or Wilder? I think that'd be such. Wilder would murder him. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, it's difficult to argue with that, except for the footage we saw last night. Yeah. And Mex- first, first heavyweight champion ever with Mexican heritage. What we're seeing is is what what boxing has enjoyed for so many years is the Mexican style. The reason Ruiz won that fight is when he clipped Joshua, just like Mexican boxers do. He put his foot on the gas pedal. He didn't wait for a split second, and he was throwing uh, very a 
effective combinations. I mean, he's fat, but that guy had great conditioning somehow. Kelly, before we let you go, one last question. Is Andy Ruiz your favorite heavyweight boxer? <laughs> yes, he has to be. I that was it. the first big that was the first big heavyweight fight I've ever been to. You know? I mean, I, I, I didn't I mean, I was hoping for the upset. Ruiz is an American and much like Oscar de la Hoya, he claims his Mexican heritage, which over his, his United States heritage, which for marketing purposes, you know, I can't argue with. But yes, to answer your question, Andy Ruiz is my favorite boxer, and I'm now working on, on bulking up and packing on some weight. I like it. I like it. <laughs> all right. Thank you guys for having me on. You, you all sound great this morning. Thanks a lot, guys. I'll Thanks see you next Sunday. Kelly. Thanks. Take it easy. Good stuff from Kelly there, uh, filling us in on the, giving us the live scoop from MSG. We're gonna head back to the buzz line. We have uh, Brian the Insider. He was there with Kelly Patrick last night to witness this historical bo- boxing match. Uh, Brian, how's it going? Great guys, good to hear you this morning. Uh, yeah, I, I listened to Kelly's comments and I agree with them. Uh, I got to tell you. Uh, I'm 57 this month. I've watched a lot of boxing. I watched uh, the Buster Douglas. Uh, I was proud of him. I lived down in Tennessee, and I was from Columbus. Just moved from Columbus, Ohio. Buster was from Columbus, so I was all over that fight. That was a shocker. But I have never in my life been more shocked that when I mean it was so. I've never seen physically such a uh, contrast between two fighters, and and it wasn't shocking in the third round. When, when the big English man who just, I mean, I, I've never seen anybody so sculpted or, I mean, Muhammad Ali was not ever, I mean, he was, he, this guy was bigger. I mean, he just looked the part and, and quite frankly, I don't know that I've seen many more sloppy, uh, appearances out of a boxer. I mean, it, it was unbelievable. So he dropped him. He, Ruiz went down. Uh, the crowd loved it. It was unbelievably partisan. English crowd, and he went down. I thought he broke his arm because he tried to brace his fall with his right arm and uh, got it trapped behind him, and I was amazed that he that he didn't break his arm. I yelled out he broke his arm because it looked like it snapped. He jumps up and then goes on the offensive, and he hits him behind the ear and drops him. And when Joshua fell, I almost fell. I grabbed my wife's arm. I, I thought I was going down. I had never – the crowd was asked. All the Englishmen in front of us, I mean, that was, he proceeded to knock him down. Joshua spent more time on the canvas uh, from then on than than just about any fight. I think the refs were, uh, the umpire or whatever they're called, boxing, were extremely generous in allowing him because once he got drilled behind the ear, he was done. He did make it four more rounds, but it it was the most shocking thing I'd ever seen, and uh, uh, he just kept... Kelly's assessment was right. Uh, uh, the Mexican, I, I got to be honest with you guys. Um, you know, America is the melting pot. My family's uh, on both sides of my family are Irish and came over from Ireland, you know, but I consider myself American. I was disappointed. And Kelly said, that's just boxing, get over it. But when, it, when they sung the Mexican anthem, I, I was going to root for the American. And they did play the American, you know, the Star Spangled Banner, but. Uh, I'm not sure if that wasn't just because we were at Madison Square Garden, but 
you know, I, I guess just part of the world, but the guy was born and raised in America. I, I don't get the Mexican deal. I understand he's proud of being a Mexican, but uh, he's an American in my book. But uh, I was shocked. It was it was uh, it was a great atmosphere, but uh, there were a lot of drunk Englishmen. Uh, they'd been celebrating. They'd watched Liverpool won the Euro soccer title at three o'clock earlier that day, so they were pretty ripe by the time uh, they got into Madison Square Garden, and it was absolutely packed. Uh, it was uh, it was more than I bargained for as far as an atmosphere, and uh, I just never seen anything so shocking in my life. And he just he just was relentless. Once he realized Joshua was hurt, he was coming right hand, left hand, windmill punches. I mean, uh, the, the whole match, Ruiz had him, he was the aggressor, and Joshua was backing up, and... Uh, but man, I just—it was shocking, guys, and uh, quite a thrill to watch. Brian, what was the uh, attendance at MSG? Do you know? Twenty thousand, twenty thousand two hundred and two uh, was the official attendance, and it was uh, there was there was no way to get anybody else in it. You know, I've said this before, guys. I've been to Madison Square Garden quite a few times. It really reminds me a lot in capacity of a Freedom Hall. It's that kind of an atmosphere. Uh, it's an older building. It, you know, it even has the old tiles up on the roof, but it reminds me a lot of Freedom Hall, and that's about what you could have got into Freedom Hall. They're very similar in capacity, and because of the boxing ring, they're allowed to get a lot of people around courtside that wouldn't be there for a basketball game, but uh, 20,202, 20, and there were, there were no seats available, and uh, they were very, very expensive seats. I will say that. It was, uh, it was quite an atmosphere. I could only imagine. Brian, I know you cover yeah. the world of sports. Uh, is there anything else you want to chime in on? Any horse racing? Any NBA finals? Uh, anything else from the fight? No, uh, I'll leave you with Belmont's coming up this week. Pretty anticlimactic Belmont. Uh, I will say the, the West, the owners of the uh, maximum security, in my opinion, the owner of the 145th Derby winner, are making progress, in my opinion, on this lawsuit, guys. And they are really actually going hard to have him declared the winner. And I think it's going to come down to a judge's decision. They made a move this week that would not allow, would avoid a trial. But I think it's going to come down to the, in the Eastern District of Kentucky, a judge is going to make the decision, guys. And nobody, just like nobody gave Ruiz a shot, I've been saying all along, I think there's a shot that there's at least a co-derby champion this year. This guy's not going away. He's a billionaire. And in my opinion, uh, maximum security is the rightful winner of the Kentucky Derby. So uh, country house is going in, in the uh, in the Belmont. Belmont, uh, uh, who in my opinion caused a lot of the controversy in the Kentucky Derby. Uh, he's got Tacitus too in there, who ran a respectable, uh, elevated to third in the Derby, a respectable fourth originally. Uh, and I think he can beat uh, War Will, who has now become the Sweetheart horse, even though Tacitus beating in the Derby, maximum security beating by eight lengths, and he comes and wins a pretty, I think, a pretty weak Preakness, and now War Will is uh, the media darling, and uh, I expect to see an upset Saturday. Uh, if Tacitus doesn't win it, uh, maybe Country House is a legitimate horse. He did run a great second, really overlooked. He ran a great second at 65-1. to one. He just didn't win the Derby, but... Uh, so all eyes will turn to uh, there uh, to Belmont this week, and then uh, that's about all I've got, guys. I've uh, got to catch a plane, but uh, 
I'm still in shock over what I saw last night. So thanks so much for having me on the show. Uh, I'm going to hang up and have breakfast with Kelly, and we'll be listening, guys. Thanks Great lo- job this thanks morning. Thanks a lot, Brian. Bye-bye. All righty, so uh, great phone calls from Kelly and Brian there who were at the fight last night. We're going to head to a break right now. Uh, We do have some more callers on hold, so stay tuned with us. Uh, We'll get right with them right after this break. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I'm Steve Driver. I'm joined with Gary Love, Chris Ambry. we got Doc uh, running the boards. Um, Gary, you want to chime in real quick? Yeah. You know, I I didn't get to ask Kelly this before we let him go. How good is he living? He's got callers taking him to boxing events. Hey, if anybody wants to call in and take me somewhere. Yeah, really. You know, I mean, I'm fine with it. I mean, World Series, Super Bowl. Anything. NBA fight, yeah. I mean, Louisville Bass game. It costs money to get into high, to high school high school games. Yeah, right? if you want, yeah, if you want to take me to AAU event this this summer, I'll go. Yeah, I mean, so. maybe since we're um, leading hosts, that you know, we might have some callers that might even take us out to dinner. Yeah, you know, I mean, I I can be bought. What about you, Chris? You, you <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. There's many places I'd like to go and watch uh, sporting events. That sounded like an amazing event last it night. Did. Absolutely. It did. The uh, Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Louisville Combat Academy, located at 10105 Dixie Highway. That is Louisville 40272. Um, The Combat Academy has more active MMA fighters than any gym in Kentucky. So get there. Get beat up if you want to. Uh, We've been flooded with with calls this morning. We're going to head back to the Buzz line. We have The Truth, who has been waiting patiently. Truth, what do you have for us? What's happened? Let, let's get down to the business. What I want to talk about, I've been want to talk about for a while. Mr. Romeo Langston. Let's talk about Romeo. He played all year long hurt when everybody was criticizing, and he still scored over 500 points, almost pulled down 200 rebounds, and he could have shut it down for the whole season. What do you think about that? I, I think he was, um, you know, he put up some points. That team really needed him. I mean, Gary and Chris might have some different thoughts on him, but um, yeah, I think uh, I think the hype uh, overshadowed the the product that we were able to see last year from Romeo Langford. And uh, when you start out praising a kid before he ever plays the first game, the way uh, a bunch of people did, I think that that can put a lot of undue pressure on some of these youngsters. So I think that may have affected him a little bit. I think, hey, I think, I think Archie Miller was the worst coach he could have picked to coach him this year. He, he, but listen to he, he underused him. He had pulled, he pulled ligaments in his shooting hand. 
do you 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 talk I talk my friend to doctor and he said he don't know how in the world he played all year long with a suit like most people pull ligament in their hand. They they most baseball players uh, most I know they don't play. They they get their money and go. This man played they found out in November that he had pulled ligaments in his hand, and this man played through pain all year long, and still put up these kind of numbers. He picked up, pulled a, a, he scored the third most points as a freshman in Indiana history. Come on, man! He, this man, you know how much he could have shut it down. Not only that, I'm gonna throw this out: the Lakers would be a fool not to get Romeo Langston and pick him and put him with LeBron James. What do you think about that? I, I, hey, listen, I'm with you, Truth. I, I think I think he had a pretty solid year, I, in my opinion. He did play through a thumb injury. Hey, he didn't have much help. I, it might be a little early for the Lakers at, at the four spot. But who knows? I, I mean, I think that I saw some people that were saying maybe that the Heat would draft him, the Miami Heat. So wherever he goes, I, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be rooting for him. Listen, he's better. He done better than Cody Zeller. I'm telling you that. Cody Zeller has stacked. Cody Zeller has stacked there. And back to Kentucky Derby, the Derby. Don't nobody gonna come back to the Derby. Only reason why people gonna come to the Derby to play. They be a fool to put that money on the horse. That's one of the worst Derby I ever seen. Have you? What do you think about that? <laughs> well, I think there's a lot of people that would agree with you there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, Louisville, the University of Louisville going to get beat by Indiana in baseball today. Indiana going to beat them. But let me tell you, people, I'm going to leave you up with this. Don't y'all go to sleep on Archie Miller. Archie Miller, Indiana, you know, I call the we're – not, we're not the Indiana Hoosiers no more. I don't want y'all to call us. We call – we are the Jackson Five. We're, we're bringing all our players back to Indiana, and that's our theme song. You know that song Michael Jackson made a lot of money off of now? That's how you fight song. We're going back to Indiana where our baby's at. We're bringing Bobby Knight back, and the Pacers going to – if the Pacers are gonna got Victor Oladipo, I mean, this would be a good day to be a Hoosier. What do you think about that? I like your spin on the truth, positivity. Well, why not? Well, the football team got uh, going to win uh, – win eight games this year, and the basketball team going to win the national championship. Oh. What more? Which, and and we, get ready, we get ready to win a 15 uh, national championship in swimming this weekend in Annapolis. All tell Kentucky and Louisville cars just smoke their peace pot because the Hoosier Nation is back, and I'm out of there. And that's the bottom line because the truth say so. Oh, I love man. it. I love it. Thanks for the call, Truth. Uh, amazing stuff there. I'm sure Gary and Chris oh, man. want to touch on a lot of stuff. <laughs> hey, uh, hey. Y- yeah, Indiana. Let me let me just first say that uh, Indiana has fallen harder uh, and, and stayed there longer than any previous blue blood I've seen. What about UCLA? Now, Indiana, man, is done. I do not see them ever doing anything again. You have to give Archie some more time, though, right? I mean, I'm not saying get rid of him, but listen. How long has it been? What is this, third, fourth year? Tom Crean was better than him. My my only thing with Archie Miller is you can win with three-star athletes at Dayton. You can't win with three-star athletes in the Big Ten. Um 
I don't know. I mean, they've is that they've, all, is that all that he's gotten this year? Is that got, all that he has coming in? They've got the fifty third recruiting class in the country. Yeah, they've got Trace Jackson Davis, which shoots him up. I mean, he he's dropped to a four star. He's a five star the whole time. He dropped to four. They got a three star coming in. Uh, Did they just drop him star wise because he, they'd choose Indiana though? No, he just like if you would have chose UK. Well, they have no, kept him at a five? no, because you've had guys reclassified that jumped him. Uh, um, he was he was a sixteenth or seventeenth rated player. He's down to twenty nine, which isn't a huge jump. But and then he's got a three star guy, the number hundred fiftieth guy in the country coming in, and that's all he has. But he was known for his recruiting, wasn't he? At one point, he was uh, he was. Uh, they were talking him up as a potential uh, guy that could make a run at some of the big dogs in recruiting, and he's never. Uh, yeah, he brought in Romeo Langford, and I, I I could tell you this: if the stuff wasn't going down at Louisville during that, uh, he would have went to Louisville. I mean, that was the team he wanted to go to, but they. Uh, had the postseason ban, and there was a a lot of uh, unknown because there's still stuff, uh, you know, held above Louisville's head right now as we speak. There's still punishment to come. So uh, Indiana just don't even move the needle now. I that and I know I'm being harsh, but that's really I I, I watched them last year play Louisville, and they just did not seem like. Uh, they could ever make any noise, but what do you think? I Gary? think I think they was banking on him to be half the recruiter his brother was. Yeah, I mean he did. He was I think eighty eight and fifty one at uh, Dayton, which is decent. But he's more of a, at Dayton. He took transfers. Yeah, you know you can only take so many transfers at Indiana. Uh, I know he's got one that transferred. I think from Xavier or Butler, seven foot this year. Um, as far as him and Romeo, I think Romeo. I think Romeo wanted to be the primary ball handler. Yeah. Archie Miller stuck him in the corner most of the game, and he didn't do all. I mean, like the truth said, he could have he could have shut it down. He did shut it down at the end of the year. Yeah. So I mean, I think he's a decent player. I think he's a really good player. He's I just thought average. I just thought he was used wrong. Yeah. I mean, on that team, as bad as they were in that twelve or thirteen game stretch, you can't disappear. You know, uh, he should have averaged 20 more, a game. Maybe that's more on coaching than it is Romeo, right? Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. he's a good, really good player. He was just used wrong. That's I mean, why – He could be a good player in the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's why I think it does matter what school you go to. People say, well, Calipari gets these guys. They could have done that anywhere. I don't believe that. I and, think and, a lot of them can. Uh, well, here's the thing. Uh, they're not used properly at every school. Um, you know what I'm saying? And not just that um, – there's not enough complimentary pieces around these guys at some of these other yeah. schools, and they just don't produce the way I, they could have it uh, top notch. I think it's probably different for every individual player. Like Devin Booker would probably be Devin Booker wherever uh, if he went to a, a Power Five school, but other you know would Josh Harrelson be drafted? Right. Probably not. Right. So I think e- each each player the situation is unique to them. I think. Uh, Tyler Hero probably would have been the same player at Wisconsin, but you know maybe Ulysses wouldn't have been drafted, or, right? You know, so I think it's very unique to each and every player. Obviously, Kentucky is you get more exposure there than than other places, right? Yeah, absolutely, you get to build your brand. Uh, you've got uh, top notch facilities. You've got top notch training staff. 
uh, and the list goes on. You've got everything you need to succeed at Kentucky, Duke, Kansas. See, I don't agree with Hero could be the same player at Wisconsin because Wisconsin traditionally don't play freshmen. Usually don't play until the end of your sophomore, junior season. He would have played, though. He would have played a little bit, but they returned everybody on the team. Yeah. So he didn't. He wouldn't have got that chance. So to, maybe he wouldn't have got the, the playing time. But but with like you say with top ten teams, North Carolina, yeah, Duke, or, yeah, he, he probably would have had the same recognition. But and Wisconsin or something like that. No, I don't think so. We've got a history of coaches also holding players back so they'll come back an additional year. Let's be honest. Rick Pitino did this many times at Louisville, and. I didn't think Donovan Mitchell was near the player. Look, he gets to the NBA and explodes. You know, I mean, so you do have. But it's not like everybody saw that coming except Rick, right? No, like I, no one was like. Everybody but, before he got drafted wasn't on board with Mitchell's going to be an All Star. I don't know if you see if you see. I didn't think he was going to be an All Star, but if you stay seeing his high school senior year in high school, how good he was, yeah. and then when he got to Louisville, he couldn't even get on the floor. Yeah. That right there, yeah, a little bit. I'll tell you the coach that has a history of getting guys come back, and I don't see how, is Rick Stansberry from Western Kentucky. He got Charles Bassey to come back to school. Yeah. Well, he got Charles Bassey to go there in the first place, which is amazing. How does that happen? Yeah. I don't know. Um, he's a good recruiter, I guess. Oh, he's a great recruiter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's about it, though, right? The guy's never – I mean, he's not known for his coaching prowess. The guy um, – uh, can recruit, and a lot of people think it's through shady fashion, just like a lot of schools, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's – it sounds like I have an unhealthy hate for Indiana, which I don't. Uh, it I, sounds I, like it, Chris. But I just don't – man, if I was an Indiana fan, I'd be snoozing right now. If I was an Indiana fan, I'd be wanting Rick, Rick Patino. Talk about Somebody. Move, talk about move the needle. Can you imagine Let's go get Rick. Rick Bettino going from Kentucky to Louisville to Indiana? That would be amazing. It'd be wild, wouldn't it? But you know, uh I'll follow Romeo's career because he's from New Albany, yeah, local yeah. kid and and if he takes off in the NBA, how bad does that look on Archie for Yeah, I mean it looks I think he's gonna doesn't be a, look good. I think he's gonna be a point guard. You can't put him with LeBron because LeBron is a ball dominant. Yeah, guy. yeah, he don't he even can't really put a lot need of people a point with LeBron. Guard. No. So, I mean, just because I think – remember how good Josh Smith was at Denver? And yep. then he rarely even got the ball with Cleveland. I mean, LeBron's a great triple threat guy. Good good passing, but a lot of these guys need the ball in their hands. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think Romeo's the same same kind of player. Where is he slotted to go, like 15? Yeah, he's fallen. He, uh, before the season started, he was four. And he's, he's fallen probably – and a lottery, which is still a good payday. Yeah, for sure. So you know, from being from New Albany to yeah, riding absolutely. all the way through the the first round of the draft. Yep. Which I stand behind my statements is he should have went to a prep school his last year. Yeah. To get more, he wasn't uh, he wasn't able to play against higher quality players. And was he on a good AAU team? Um. I'm not sure. I didn't keep up with him like that, but yeah. it's kind of hard for guys like, I mean, like, uh, um, what's the guy from uh, Russell who went to Central High School? D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell went from Central High School, then went transferred to Montverde. Just because, you know, you've got to step up your competition. Yeah. It's hard to get better. 
So, I mean, Ray John Rondo went from Eastern High School to Oak, Oak Hill. Hill. Yeah. But I couldn't imagine being a parent to one of these kids that are that good at basketball. Yeah. And you have so many people pulling strings, right? So much, Left and yeah. right. And then the AAU teams, they, the AAU circuit alone is insane, right? Yeah. It ruins a lot of these kids, too, though. So, um, I don't know. I mean, he did good. By, I mean, he wanted to play close to home, stay around family. But I think he's a really good player. I really do. We're going to head back to the buzz line right now. We have a caller on hold, and her name is Katie. Katie, Hi. what do you have for us this morning? Well, I heard you guys talking about how um, Kelly gets invited to things, and I'm thinking maybe Marcus is part of that. Because every time he calls, he doesn't really ever have anything to disagree with him about. So I just have a little request. You know, if he calls in and you guys disagree with him, put your voice out there, all of you. You know, if you have an opinion, put it out there. We have a constant theme on the show where women really don't agree too much with what Marcus says. Maybe maybe it is a gender thing. I don't disagree with everything. Okay. (laughs) I don't disagree with everything he says. I'm sure we have similar politics. Um, I just think that a lot of the things he says, you guys all sit and just listen. Whereas with other callers, I think you have a little bit more of like a back and forth. So um, I don't know if you guys are afraid of him or so maybe if you maybe are. Marcus is somewhat of like a sugar daddy to Kelly. That's ah. what I'm getting is that at. What you're yeah. She That's might exactly be on something there. I just, yeah. I just want to go on the record and state that my girlfriend, by the way, Mexican fighter as well, did yes. challenge Marcus to a fight at Lexington for the Hard Rock oh, MMA fights. It. Marcus never showed up. Oh, what does that say? Couldn't tell you. Well, maybe he's against violent you know that's a bad look a guy beating up a girl i don't think he's probably think he against enjoy violence it. against women i think he would enjoy it as well <laughs> the, <laughs> the way he speaks on the WNBA, maybe he would so who, who really i think knows? he would really enjoy it it's a tough spot all to right be, you know. all right Katie, thanks for <laughs> your call before said. you have anything else before we uh let you go no just please if he calls in you guys all right. You know, if you agree, agree. But if you disagree, let him know. Okay, thanks for telling us how to think. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Bye. All right, have a good one. Bye. Hey, did Katie just take a shot at us? Yeah, a little she, bit. Did she call us just spineless? Yeah. Right? No, oh, usually think, I'm just shocked by some of the things that Marcus <laughs> says. So yeah, I'm, just, I'm, like, taking it all in, and I'm like, wow, I'm shocked that he said that. <laughs> so that's usually what Marcus uh, does, and uh, – uh, once we got a break, we we talk about it. We need to talk about it on the air and and uh, yeah, it's, give our responses. I usually like to the, let the callers talk and then maybe after their call, sum up what they say. But you know, it's Kelly's show when he's hosting. He usually handles the callers. Yeah. Usually, know. we're scrambling to uh, drop his Hit cuss the- <laughs> words and stuff like that. So uh, he gets us logistically when he calls. So you know, uh, we have to take care of business when he calls in. Just, and if he if he's listening, call in, Marcus. We'd like to hear from you. Yeah. We're just so focused, like Chris says, is having our hands on the dump button that we <laughs> kind of miss kind of a little bit of the call. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, thanks for the call there from Katie. Uh, what were we talking about before then? Some some AAU talk, a little a little college basketball. Chris, you know, this time last year, I was hearing a lot of UK talk. That's right. 
and I don't feel the same energy from you personally. Gary has the the, the constant UK energy, and it never wavers. I'm still waiting for one piece to be added to the roster before I can give my full assessment. Okay. Uh, but as of right now, what I can tell you is I think uh, there's a player that a lot of people have already kind of glossed over, and I think that uh, the Johnny Juzang kid can be a Devin Booker type, a, a Tyler Hero type, and I think he's going to be a key to Kentucky's success. Um and I think Kentucky's going to be a much better defensive team this upcoming season, uh, at least at the guard position. There's still questions down low at the power forward uh, position. Uh, they do have three guys to fill two spots. Uh, you've got uh, Nick Richards, uh, you've got Nate Sestina, and you've got uh, E.J. Montgomery. Uh, so I think they still need one more guy to fill out the um, – rotation but um as of right now i think it's definitely a top five preseason team um and until you see them all on the court there's it's all a guessing game right yeah now. you'd never really know until the the season is underway but so are they all set at the big man position do they need this this black black shear kid i from think Virginia they Tech? It, if they get black shear um they're going to be the odds on favor to win it all I, is my guess but would that push Nick Richards to the uh, – would that minimize his role, or is he kind of – No, I think Nick Richards is going to start no matter what at the beginning. Um, and then you're going to have either EJ Montgomery or, say, a Blackshear at the power forward position uh, with Nate Sestina coming off the bench. That's just my opinion. But, again, you, you never know until they get in there and start practicing and uh, see who's the best. Gary, who's the last piece – UK needs and who will it likely you know who's it between what are the options well they've got the they're going to go after Blackshear uh, and then they're also going to they're trying to get uh, in Fowley Dante to reclassify 6'11 shot blocker Um, his favorites right now are LSU and Oregon but Kentucky hasn't really pushed him this hard Um, I think any lineup Whatever lineup you put out there will have. Um, I don't think Nick Richards is a starter. I mean, I think he's a he can be an energy guy, block shots, um, things like that. I just – I don't know. I mean, you're going to have – you can't keep – of course, you got Ashton Hagens who's going to start. You have Maxie at the two. The three is either going to be Cleo Whitney or Johnny Juzang. They have – they can't put a bunch of driving – you know, straight line drive guys out there. You got to have somebody that can open the floor up. Um, it's going to be hard to keep Brooks on the bench as well. That that kid may end up being the best recruit uh, out of the bunch. Um, I mean, he's not rated the highest, but I can tell you from what I've seen, um, he's going to definitely find a way to get his minutes. Yeah, but any lineup you put out there, EJ Montgomery's going to be in it. Yeah, because I think he's going to take a huge step from. Freshman and sophomore, towards the end of the year, he was he was playing great. How big is he? He's six nine. Six nine. Yeah, six nine, about two twenty, two twenty five. Isn't that? Didn't they kind of need Richards' shot blocking ability last year though? They did. They kind of missed that, right? Yes. But then you lose. You know, Reed Travis really had the offensive 
yeah. ability, right? Yeah, he, you know, he, Reed Travis's whole downfall on him was uh, – Defensively, yeah. I mean, he wasn't big enough to block shots. He plays uh, below the rim. Yeah, he wasn't fast enough to stay in front. When they Auburn killed them yeah. in the screen and rolls where he had to pick up uh, Harper. And if you know, Calipari would have just put Nicker Richards in and just left him underneath, you would have forced Auburn to shoot threes, which they did the previous two games. I think uh, Kentucky beat them, and Auburn shot like seventy threes in two games. And then they they exposed Kentucky because Kentucky would not put Nick Richards in and stayed with Reed Travis. And so they straight line and drove him the whole second half, and they would not adjust to it. Yeah, uh, Calipari got outcoached in that game. Uh, the same as he did the previous year when they lost to Kansas State. That's one of uh, my big knocks on Calipari. I don't think uh, – I think he gets a little uh, – uh, set in his ways and don't want to uh, mix it up or I don't know. It seems like he there's always a key um, thing that he misses uh, in the games that they get knocked out, at least the last two years. But, yeah, I go back and forth on it. It's, you know, you those are tough losses. You're better teams than Auburn and Kansas State, but he puts you in position every year. You're a contender every single year. He's – top five recruiter every year you're in the lead eight every year so it's just it's an entertaining product no matter what yeah uh, and you know what else are you gonna do people that hate on urban meyer how, how better are you gonna do than urban meyer right right you know he only won one national championship while he was there um we're gonna continue more of this talk um college basketball some more nba uh right after this break so stay tuned Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I'm Steve Driver. I'm alongside Gary Love, Chris Embry. We got Doc uh, running the running the boards back there. Kelly is not here. Uh, he was in MSG last night watching the big fight. And I have to say it's pretty pleasant. Uh, I, I'm sure he's probably not listening, but it's kind of nice without him. Yeah. I mean, we get to do what we want, talk about he, You know, with him, we're on point. Us, we can just talk about whatever yeah. we can, we can go off topic. We remodeled the studio. Oh yeah, um, we have you know new posters up. Um, I'm sitting in his chair, taking selfies. I'll send those to him later. But uh, yeah, weekend sports buzz is brought to you by Louisville Combat Academy, located at 10105 Dixie Highway. That is Kentucky 40272 Louisville Combat Academy has more active fighters. Uh, than any other gym in Kentucky. So if you want to, give us a call. Hey, Doc, if you're listening, what's uh, the number if they want to call in? 425? You don't know? Okay, we'll get that here in a second. Sorry about that, guys. But before the break, um, we were talking about some some UK recruiting and you know some more pieces. What do they need to sure up their roster? Um, everybody's name is out of the NBA draft. Uh, Jordan Nora is coming back for Louisville, right? Yes. And 
that roster is shaping up to be to be pretty solid, right? Absolutely. I look for Louisville to really make some noise this upcoming year. Um, this is the best recruiting class Louisville's had probably uh, in the last 15, 16 years. And, uh, you know, they've got – it looks like too deep at every position, mm-hmm. uh, which they haven't had, I mean, at this quality uh, in a long time. So um, I've seen CBS had them, uh, Louisville, preseason number two ahead of Kentucky in one of the polls. Um, But uh, I still think they have some questions at the guard position. Uh, You do have Fresh Kimball. You've got uh, Nickelberry. um, But you also have the returning guards. Um, uh, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, The guard for Louisville. Jordan Nora? No. Perry. Oh, Darius yeah. Perry. Yeah, I think he's overrated. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I think they're not as not real strong at the guard position, but uh, yeah. they have really nice forwards, and uh, I could see them making some noise. What do you think? Yeah, uh, before we go on, before I go on to that, uh, if you want to call the show, call us at 502-384-1450. Um, we'd like to hear from you. But, yeah, uh, Louisville – they got – I mean, they lucked out. I mean, they – Jordan Orr wanted to go pro. Him and his dad wanted him to go pro, but he had the calf injury. So, he didn't work out for any teams. He didn't go to the pro day – I mean, the combine. And then he went to the pro day, his first day where he'd get back on the court, and all the NBA insiders said he he didn't look very good. Yeah. He was rusty, uh, which, you know, it's a kind of A calf injury is tough, too. Oh, yeah. Because there's really not like a calf strain. No. It's always – it's going to be – if you ever hear a calf strain – it's a small tear, and it's just how bad is the tear, right? Yes. Yep. So Louisville benefited from him. He, they actually benefited from him getting hurt. Yeah. Um, which he needs. He's got some stuff to work on at Louisville. But at the same time, I think he could really help his stock coming this year. Back. Oh, absolutely. Coming back. I mean, I think, you know, next year's draft, he could be a lottery pick. Yep. Very easily. He's got the frame, right? Yep. Um, he does. And, and, and other than Ryan McMahon or – He's actually the only true shooter they have. Yeah. I mean, so he'll get plenty of touches. He'll be the leader of the team. Um, Louisville's got their super six, as they call themselves, coming in. Um, I think the two best players also are playing the same position for Louisville. You've got uh, Jordan Nora and then Samuelson. Don't they play the same position? Uh, Nora will be the – I think he'll be the two guard. Samuelson – Chris Mack did – did him what no other coach will do. Coaches will say schools are going. I mean, the NBA is going to position the positions of players. Whatever you play, you can play whatever. I mean, two, three, four, yeah. one. Chris Mack told Samuelson, "You're a three. You're only a three. Wherever, whatever team you watch, only watch that position." I think he's doing him a disservice. He said, "That's the only position that we'll play you at while you're here." Which I mean, it's good for him because if that's all he wants to play in college is a three, and and uh, Max already promised him the starting position. That's good for him. But no, I think I think Nora will probably play the two guard. Cause See, you, that's going to be a disservice. I, I think their defense is going to take a hit if he plays at the two. Because yeah. could you imagine him guarding some of the fast twos that are in the ACC? Or? Yeah, he can't guard any any two. But um, a lot of people have. Fresh Kimball and Darius Perry 
starting alongside. I just don't. See I don't it. think Darius Perry is. He's not make. a two guard because he can't shoot very well. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get a lot of minutes for Louisville this year. I uh, think what really hurt the guard play last year is just their size, yes. and athleticism in general. I mean, if you want to play with the big boys, you need some big guards. And I don't know too much about the incoming class. I'm not huge on college basketball recruiting, but are they bringing in some guys with with some size? They are, but not at the guard position. I don't think um, – well, let's see. Fresh Kimball, I believe, is 6'2". Um, and then you've got uh, Nickelberry, I believe he's 6'3". Yeah, but you have David Johnson from Trinity coming in. He's 6'5". So he'll give you some help at the one and two. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, Williamson's 6'6". They got Aiden Iggy, huh, which is actually 6'10". He's a pretty good player. But even 6'2 is better than 5'11", right? Yeah, I yeah. Mean, Nickelberry six four. You got Jalen Withers, which is six eight. I don't know. I don't think he'll help him much this year. Uh, and then one of the guys is redshirting. Yeah, the guy Sislinski. from uh, Hunter. Yeah, he's three star guy, so he's number three hundred twelve in the country. He signed with Louisville, knew he, knowing he was going to redshirt so he can get stronger and everything. But they got some size coming in, but they're going to be young. I mean, just like Kentucky's always young. We'll just see yeah. what Chris Mack can do with them. Yeah, definitely the program has that program headed in the right direction, though. Um, real quick before we move on to the NBA, what can we expect from some of these teams that were really good last year, like um, North Carolina or Tennessee or LSU? Do they have many returning starters? Does Tennessee that- lost four starters. Okay. They're, but, they'll still be good because they had a decent bench, but I think – They're not going to be nowhere. No, near, they're going to take a huge step back. LSU actually lost Nas Reed, and they lost uh, their point guard. Yeah. But they got everybody else back. Yeah. And then, and and then they got they, Trenton Watford from, you know, Christian Watford's brother from uh, Indiana. He signed this week. So, LSU's still going to be pretty good. Okay. And somehow they kept their coach even after uh, being caught on wiretaps talking about a – Just a strong offer. Strong-ass yeah. offer. But, you know – you know, um, if I'm an LSU fan, I I try to write it out as well. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, it really um, nowadays it, it looks like Louisville's the only team that actually um, done the right thing and got rid of the coach, and that, it hurt them the most. And it hurt them the most. Well, you know what? At least they have all of the uh, people connected to the scandal gone. Yeah, and maybe they'll get some leniency due to that, but um, I don't think they will because they was already on probation. Yeah, if they wouldn't have been on probation, then I don't think they would have been hit at all. I just think with this, the NCAA really don't have leverage here. They'll put out a new rule to where if you get caught from now on doing this, it'll be this. Yeah, yeah. You know what's messed up too is um, look, Chris Mack has assembled one of the top 10 teams of this upcoming season and they've got this hanging over their head it would be a, a disaster if somehow this team was hit with postseason ban yeah, with all the would, which is just is always so ridiculous yeah, you know yeah. you're going to punish players that weren't even a part of it a coaching staff that wasn't even a part of it yeah i yeah. think i but, think the punishment is probably two or three years down the road so yeah, I don't, yeah. which is still you know it's it's nonsense uh, let's see, North Carolina. Um, they They're losing Kobe White. Kobe White, right? The guard. Yeah, he's, he's Kobe White. Be, uh, uh, the Sear Little. Uh, 
Nasir Little. Cameron John. They lost a lot, but they've they've got a really good recruiting class coming in. Okay. I mean, they've got um, Armand Bacot. Yeah. He's a good ball player. They've got uh, Cole Anthony coming in. Yes. And then uh, I think I think they're like their recruiting class number three in the country, so they they should be real good this year. It should be a very interesting year, especially with the um, emergence of Memphis. Yep. Maybe yeah, maybe being be a, a uh, interesting local, to watch them local Midwestern team powerhouse that some of these teams could have to contend with. I'm gonna say by the end of the year when the bracket comes out, they're gonna put Memphis in Kentucky's bracket. I just I could see them trying to build some For type sure. of yes, you yeah. know. And Penny said he's talked about Cal talked to Cal about playing a home and home. Cal don't play home and homes. I mean. And there's First no of all, benefit. there's no benefit for him to go into Memphis. Memphis actually don't deserve a game right now anyways. They haven't, right. It, um, it's all on paper as we speak. How do you feel about the city of Memphis throwing a parade for James Wiseman? It a sounds weeks ago? like uh, Romeo Langford's <laughs> deal, right? That they named a park after him before he played a game. Now, would they have – Gave him a key to the city. Come now, on. would they have thrown a parade for him if he would have went somewhere else? Probably not. Not at Kentucky. Come on, he wouldn't. <laughs> they wouldn't have thrown a parade for I, a kid. I'll tell you right now. I don't. Cal's not going to do a home and home with Memphis because of the way they treated him when they invited him to a, a Hall of Fame dinner and then honored him, down. and and the fans bashed the university and they canceled it the day before. He's not going to Memphis. I mean, he may play them in Nashville, but they're not going to get a game at the FedEx Forum. Yeah, but. Um, Let's go back on to recruit Duke. Duke's got a really good class. Yeah. Vernon Carey, Matthew Hurt, um, Cassius Stanley. Yeah, they got but Trey you Jones know, back, right? Trey Jones is back. Yep. Yeah, I I don't think they're going to be very much this year. Actually, I think uh, if you look, uh, they lost their top three. Plus, they lost Marcus Bolden. Um, yeah, I mean Vernon Carey's awesome. Matthew Hurt can pop threes. Uh, they do have some pieces, but uh, it's nowhere near what they had last year. And um, I don't see them making much uh, noise, actually. We'll see. I mean, there's no telling until you see them get on the court. But pay, on paper, I'm not as impressed as some of the national pundits are for that team. Is uh, Michigan, with the addition of Juwan Howard as the coach now, uh, John Beeline haven't? Heading to my Cleveland Cavaliers. How's Michigan going to look? They lost. They lost a lot. Yeah. Um, as of right now, I don't. I think they've got one recruit coming in. Uh, Juwan Howard is going to have to. They'll take a lot of losses this year, but I like the hire. I mean, because first of all, if he does succeed, other than the NBA, you don't have to worry about him taking him to another college get team. Yeah. Because that's that's his team. Yeah. Did but, you see his press conference? Yeah, yeah. He, he got real choked up. You could tell it meant a lot to him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, because his team was the one that they got the banner taken down. I mean, it's funny that they hired a guy that was connected to a scandal. Yeah, but but it, it, it I think the scandal was only linked to Chris Weber. Okay. Chris Weber took two hundred something thousand dollars from a from an agent or something like that, and Juwan Howard. I mean, he just. He always seems like he's done things the right way. Yeah, he has. Um, somebody was saying he's got the same hairline he had when he's in Michigan, which is kind of impressive. But, no, he uh, 
I like the hire. I like Jawan Howard. Uh, he's going to have to hi- hire him some good assistants. I think he can recruit. Uh, I don't know his X's and O's yet or whatever, but uh, he committed a NCAA violation, I think, his second day on a job, just by mentioning a player that was committed but wasn't signed. And he was like, yeah, what do you think about so-and-so? And you ain't supposed to talk about them guys. He's like, yeah, I think so and so still going to sign with us. Which is a, it's a minor NCAA violation, but yeah. that way it gets him caught up to speed. Because I think for the before these guys can hit the road and recruit, you have to take a test for the NCAA. That way you know. That way they know you know your rules. But I think that's a good hire. Uh, I don't know about Jerry Stockhouse of Vanderbilt. It seems to be a good hire so far. Yeah, but that's way that's way college basketball is going. They're going it towards really these is. NBA guys now. And then in, in the next few years there's i mean there's a lot of old coaches that are leading the pack mm-hmm. like if you look at the top 10 teams i mean how many are going to retire in the next five years yep. or less right yep coach k roy williams jim Beheim, uh izzo calipari calipari uh, how many years does a lot of these guys have left cal probably has more than Beheim and roy williams do and mike Krzyzewski, I yeah, think. yeah. I mean, they're 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 older than cal is but yeah, uh, yeah. The young coaching hires. It's going to be interesting to see. Are these guys going to be a lot of ex NBA guys that have I, ties to AU teams? I don't see any of these NBA guys as coaches succeeding. Uh, I can I mean, you can't really point to many throughout history that have turned out good. I mean, look, Clyde Drexler was a disaster. Oh, he was a disaster because he didn't put any effort into it. They said. He would ask the day before the game, what time the game was, they tell him 7.30, they said he'd walk in the locker room at 7.12 before a game. Same thing with Isaiah Thomas. I don't think the guy ever got off the bench. He looked like uh, – I, I don't know. I just – I haven't seen any uh, signs that would tell me these guys are going to do anything. It, yeah. You know, they might not, but – I think it's refreshing. Penny, yeah, Penny might not be a great coach, but, shoot, he's going to have so much talent there. Yeah. They, Look, they I think can we'll, be awful, right? Avery Johnson coached in the NBA, comes coaches Alabama. I thought he was a good coach. He gets fired. And I don't think these guys are going to do near what Avery Johnson did. Yeah, they're probably not nearly the coach yeah. Avery was. But, right. you know, acquiring talent is part of coaching. It's a major part and of college And Penny coaching. has acquired a lot of talent. Yeah, I mean, look how bad. Nick, Nick Van Exel wanted that Cincinnati Bearcats job so bad. And Kenya Martin was trying to push for him to get the job. He didn't. And Kenya Martin sent his son to play with Stockhouse at Vanderbilt. Really? Yeah. So, um, I think the next NBA guy that would get a head coaching job is Mike Miller. He's yeah. a, he's the assistant coach for Penny Hardaway. He's the main recruiter. He is. Uh, for I think Memphis. Penny benefited so much for being an AAU coach. He had Team Penny. For sure. These guys knew him. The, I think four four of his six guys coming in played for him in the AAU level. So you'll start seeing his benefits. I mean, see how good he is recruiting in the next two or three years yeah. when he don't have that AAU. But a lot of it him. hinges on their success this year. Absolutely. Right? If, if they falter so bad this year, yeah. he's going to have a hard time getting these guys again. That's right. I hate to completely flip sports on you, but I, I've been saying the same about Ohio State football. Ryan Day is the coach now. Mm-hmm. They're st- I mean, they have a good class coming in. But this year specifically, I mean, if they lose four or five games, there go there goes all of Urban's recruiting momentum, you mm-hmm. know? 
So this year is huge for Penny. Isn't I mean, he? Isn't he like an offensive genius too, though? I guess, so. but I I just don't know if they have the quarterback. I honestly don't. Yeah. I mean, I, they have talent everywhere, but I mean, you got you've got to start Gunner Hoke, don't you? They have Justin Fields, but oh, so but I don't I don't know if you've seen Fields pass. If I, if they're too, relying on Gunner Hoke, it's going to be a long season for Ohio yeah. State. Gunner Hoke's got a. They said he. I mean, everybody said he's got a cannon. But his accuracy is not very good. It's terrible. Yeah, that's, a, that's a problem. So yeah. it kind of it, it means nothing to have a cannon for an arm if you well, can't. They didn't have a backup. That's right. Everybody transferred from yeah. Ohio State, and they used to have a plethora of quarterbacks. Yeah. And now they have the exact opposite going on. And as soon as Justin Fields came from Georgia and was cleared to play, um, Tate Martell left. He went to Miami. Baldwin left. They had they had three three backup quarterbacks leave because Fields is so young. How did how did the guy go to Miami and get eligible right away? Change uh, coaching change, I think. Yeah, I don't know, but you know, it, it's I'd like to see Gunner Hoke grew up a Ohio State fan. They said he lived like a block away from the stadium his whole life. Yeah, wanted to go to Ohio State. Which, if you're going to be a backup. I mean, you have a choice to be a backup for Ohio State where you have a chance to win a championship. Oh, yeah. oh, it's a no-brainer. And so many times, Ohio State probably in the last five years have has had a backup play mm-hmm. every single year. I mm-hmm. mean, Haskins yeah. had to come in for JT Barrett. JT Barrett had to come in for Braxton Miller. Cardell Jones had to come in for Barrett. You yep. know, seems like every year your quarterback isn't going to last, especially if they run a little bit, which I think Justin Fields does. Yes, he runs a lot. Yeah. So – That'd be all right. I mean, Kentucky. It left kind of, it left Kentucky in a bind because they lost their backup quarterback, which they went out and got the Troy quarterback that won ten games last year. So yeah. it actually worked out as a positive. Yeah, it did. There's so many quarterbacks transferring now because they want they want to play like first year, and you you're not going to know the offense in, yeah. in year one. And so, so much changes year by year. I mean, I guess it's tough to tell a kid to stick around, but it seems like. Every single year, there's going to be a quarterback room that that changes on a whim, right? Yeah, absolutely. And just like you know, football recruiting changes all the time. Justin, oh, yeah. Justin Rogers, the number ten player in the country that Kentucky got committed two weeks ago, offensive lineman. Yeah, and he's going to play defensive. I think he might play defensive tackle for Kentucky. Um, when I watched his press conference, he didn't even look at ease. When he chose Kentucky, so he there's uh, he came out yesterday. Said he's going to take another visit. I think it's going to be Penn State. He's going to visit. Um, they're talking about Georgia. And, uh, Vince Morrow got on Twitter yesterday talking about how negative recruiting Georgia's starting to do teams, which is kind of weird for Georgia to kind of punch down, aren't they? Why are they yeah, worried about Kentucky? It's because because he's a five star kid, right? Yeah, yeah. And Kentucky is moving up that ladder yeah. a little bit in that recruiting world, but yeah, it's. I never understood. Uh, these football kids don't seem to understand the uh, definition of commitment. Um, I understand it's it's a dirty recruiting world in college football. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just don't have respect. I don't really pay attention until the signing happens because you never know where these kids are going to end up at. They're constantly flipping. And there's not many five-star guys out there. No, we, that's, that's right. What we were talking off air a little bit. Uh, how many are there, Gary? Like less than twenty, yeah. right? Yeah, there's not very per many. Year. Yeah. And what do you think about uh, Louisville? Are they just going to be a two-win uh, team this year? Um, 
they're going to struggle a little bit, but I think I think it'll be more exciting because I think it's fre- refreshing energy. Yeah. I mean, I think Satterfield's a really good coach. Yeah, but, I mean, don't you think that that can be quickly uh, diminished with the first game against Notre Dame? Well, and and if they... you're in a powerhouse conference. It's going to be tough here, but – It is. Yeah. Again, they're he- they're headed in the right direction, right? Yeah, I mean, for the last five years, I think Petrino would he only want wide receivers, defensive back. I think half his team was wide receivers and defensive back. Yeah. And – no, I, I think you give Satterfield three, three or four years to get his guys in there, and I think it would turn out being – I thought Petrino was overrated as a coach. Good offensive yeah. guy, but not a very He's, good – not a very good um, – he shouldn't lead his own program. I don't think so. Well, and if you look at uh, the top of his coaching career, uh, Louisville was in the Big East, right, and – they didn't play the toughest mm-hmm. schedule, so it was kind of misleading. Now, I know Louisville fans are going to say I'm just hating. Uh, maybe there's a little hating going on there, but I can tell you this. They just didn't play. Now you see Louisville's in the ACC, and their schedule is very tough, and uh, it's reflected in their record uh, since they've joined the ACC. So, um, I think I think Petrino would have been gone a lot longer had he not got uh, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson covered up so many weaknesses for that team. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, he did. I mean, we'll see. we got to give Satterfield some time. Oh, though. yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at Mark Stoops was 2-10 and yeah. nine, two and ten his first two years. I remember three years in they wanted him gone. Mm-hmm. Like, it took a while for. I'm a firm believer. You give a, you give a coach, a football coach, four to five years. And. What year is this for Stoops? This would be seven. Okay. And, and, look, and look at the turnaround. Yeah, yep. he's done amazing. Over 500. If, they, if they're over 500 this year, they'll be over four, uh, 500 four straight years. There's no more of those um, huge winning streaks against Kentucky now. You've got Florida monkey off your back. You've got, obviously, uh, Tennessee's not much anymore. But, you know, uh, he he's done amazing. And I think uh, uh, Vince Morrow is one of the main uh, keys to Kentucky's success. If you want to join in on the conversation, the phone number is 502-384-1450. Uh, we're going to head to a break right now. We'll be back with the uh, last quarter of the show. Thanks for tuning in. Let me tell you, baby, what you mean to me. Welcome back to the final segment of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Thanks for tuning in with us. I'm Steve Driver alongside Gary Love, Chris Embry. We got Doc on the uh, running the boards. And hey, (laughs) yeah, uh, incoming call here in a moment. Probably be on some college basketball recruiting. But anyways, the the buzz line is 502-384-1450. If you'd like to give us a call, get in on the 
Blue, if you're listening, uh, give us a call back. Our man, Doc, I know he's off his game today. He looks a little bit sleepy. Uh, <laughs> but the Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Louisville Combat Academy. Um, they're located at 10105 Dixie Highway. It's 40272. So give us a call back, 384-1450. Um, last segment, guys, uh, we've done a lot of college basketball recruiting, mm-hmm. what uh, UK is going to look like, UVL is going to look like. Last segment, maybe we could get into a little bit of NBA free agency, NBA finals. Uh, Chris, what do you think this series is going to look like? How is it going to end? I think it's going to be uh, a six-game. I think uh, Golden State's going to win it uh, uh, 4-2. to two. But, you know, I'm just glad that it's not a sweep. I'm tired of seeing Golden State go through and just – dismantling these teams and uh you know at least there's a little bit of intrigue in this finals um I I wasn't expecting to see them lose the first game if they were going to be playing the Bucks but you know uh it's pretty interesting what do you think Gary you think uh uh they're gonna win the rest of the games Golden State yeah I think it's gonna be 4-1 I don't think Toronto's gonna win another game but you know, I could I could be wrong. I don't. I mean, a lot of it depends on if Durant's going to come back or not. Yeah. This series, Game Three. You know, I think he's maybe expected to come back Game Three. Yeah. It's on the night though, nine nine p.m. Sunday night. I guess I'm going to have to stay up late and check it out. Um, we'll have to hear if Marcus is going to stay up late and watch the game tonight. We're going to head to the buzz line now. We're okay. Okay, we, uh, we're we actually going to head to Blue on the buzz line. He's been trying to get in on the action. Blue, are you there? What do you have for us, man? Yes, I am, oh, Steve. Hey, hey, enjoy your show as always. Uh, boy, I, I just I just finished chuckling over what the truth was saying earlier. Man, uh, speaking of Jackson 5, yeah, they played ball like the Jackson 5, didn't they? Hey, hey, hey truth, uh, speaking of going back to Indiana, try going back to the NCAA, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, Gary Love and, yeah. and Chris. Uh, good, good morning. Mm-hmm. Love to hear you speak, Chris. Yeah. Love to hear you speak, man. But not when you say I'm a, I'm a Louisville undercover, man. I don't, I don't like that part. Ah, uh, you know I'm just teasing you, man. I'm, yeah, I love when yeah. you call in. Oh yeah, well I enjoy it. Hey, I, I got a dispute with Gary Love. You you, you were saying that um, had Tyler Hero had he gone to Wisconsin, he wouldn't have played much because of the returning starters. Is that what you said? Did I hear that right? I think so. Yeah. Even if, even okay, let me ask you this: How many of the returning starters got, got invited to the NBA combine, Gary? For Wisconsin? Yes. It, yes. Do, it it don't matter with that. Wisconsin's program and system is set up towards juniors and seniors. You said it don't. You you got a player coming in that's better than what's already there, and you're not going to play him uh, because the program says don't. It's, I mean, it, it doesn't make much sense. It's the coaching. Oh, okay, it's the well, coaching well, 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 huh? It's the coaching style. It's like Rick Pitino never played freshman either. It's just the way the coaches are. Well, I can see Pitino's staff because Pitino develops players a lot better than a lot of other coaches do. But but let me ask you about, about Kelton Johnson, for example. He had all the time in the world. He was a star for Calipari. Uh, and he was projected a, what, a, a first lottery or, you know, come on, man. And, and why is the stock dropped almost to, to the second? Why is that? He, had, he, he was a starter. He had a chance to show what he could do. 
He dropped to number 19. Oh, well. He was he was 13, and he, he dropped to 19, which is, you know, which well. is it, it, which he kind of hurt himself a little bit because he kind of hit a he, he hit a wall at the end of the year. Yeah. So, no, yeah, he'll, be, I, he'll be fine. He, I mean, if you're a top 20 pick, I mean. Oh, he's going to get paid. Yeah, what, what, yeah. What, else you, what else can you ask for? Well, you you playing for a coach that <laughs> puts you in the NBA. It's going to seem like your stock will go up instead of go down. I mean, when if if, if Kelly was on the show, man, he'd tell you how many times I call in and say early in the season, Tyler Hero is the best player on this team, man. And and it's because of things he does, man, his techniques, the way he, the way he handles the ball, gets his players involved, man. If, if my point is, my point is this. If you're good, you're going to be found. You're going to be seen, man. You know, all the time in the world, you don't do anything. That's another thing. But if you're a great player, it's going to show. The NBA scouts are going to show you got techniques to play the game. That's my point, man. I mean, I don't agree with that. You didn't get enough playing time. I mean, you get in there and they see what you can do, man. You're going to get picked. I don't, hey, I don't hey you, you, you also said something else too, Gary, mm-hmm. the last time you were on there, you, uh, about uh, the guard with Duke Trey Jones. You said he returned because he wasn't that good. Did you remember saying that? No, I don't think he's that good. But yeah, I mean, he's a good defensive player. But he gives you absolutely. Wow. Hey, he gives you zero offense. They were hey, right? hey, hey, Blue. Go back and watch any game on Duke this year, and they left his guy left him fifteen feet open because they dared him to shoot. Well, well, he he had other shooters. He he got other shooters involved. That that he, yeah, no, he did. This job was not to shoot. He, he was distributing the ball. He, he did a great job of that, man. He, he was projected higher than any, any of the UK players uh, that has gone to the draft. And that's why he came back. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. He what? He was he was a, he was supposed to be the number 45th player taken in the draft this year. No, he wasn't. No, he, uh, yes, uh, no, yes, he was. Uh, no, no, R.J. Brack was projected. To, no, no, it was uh, Cam Reddish. I'm sorry, and and his stock falling. Hey, hey, uh, I'll let you go on this. The, the number five player, R.J. Hampton. He would have gone to Duke, and this was another recruiting guru said that he would have gone to Duke had Trey Jones uh, went to the NBA, because Kentucky only the listening, and whoever Kansas, whatever, <laughs> he, he, he didn't even know they want to go to Duke. I think Trey Jones was an outstanding point guard, man, and he didn't he didn't go back because he had to. He, he he went back to just improve his game, man. Uh, so it that's came all out. I got, folks. Okay, Thanks, I appreciate Blue. you. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, I, I just want to say something about R.J. Hampton. Uh, it came out after uh, he announced that he was going to Australia that he had signed with them one month prior to it being announced. So I don't think that kid ever was going to college. No. Um, they already had his family. Uh, they already had the contract written up where his family could move with him and everything. So uh, I think – and I think that was a smart move, actually. I'm, I love the college game, but – Come on, these kids deserve to get paid. And it wasn't because he wasn't academically enough. He scored a thirteen hundred on his ACT, right? Or he, his he, SAT. So he he was he was a really smart guy. He that's a smart business uh, decision on RJ Hampton. I uh, think point. I think it might hurt him a little bit as far as marketing, because yeah, the college game will. gives you so much marketing over here. I mean, Zion Williamson, if he would have went overseas. As opposed to playing the year at Duke, where he they was on still TV, still probably be fine just because yeah, of his but, dunks. Yeah, but he still wouldn't be a hundred million dollar guy for Nike or anything like that. But Trey Jones, I never said he wasn't a good point guard. I just, I just think he benefited from having the guys around him. He's a great defender. 
But he can't shoot the ball. He came back be- like Ashton Higgins came back because he can't shoot the ball. He's. I don't think he's ever going to get he, drafted. He shot pretty well in the tournament. I mean, all, he's not known to be a good shooter, but he did hit some big shots in the tournament. He did. He shot 24% for the year. That's why I think he's never going to get but drafted. But Duke is going to benefit for him from oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. all these young guys. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, a good, he's a good college point guard. Not good enough to go to the NBA, but a very good college point guard. And that's a good thing to have for Duke if you you know, yep. want him to We'll hit around. on a little bit more of this after our next call. But we have Marcus on the line. Marcus, thanks for calling in. Uh, I assume you're calling in. The WNBA season just started. Uh, what do you have for us this morning? <laughs> The what just started? The WNBA. <laughs> what does that stand for? Uh, you know, it's like the NBA, but with women. Yeah, no. There's no such thing as like the NBA, but with women. That would be like a bunch of high school boys playing a bunch of girls and beating the snot out of them. Oh, that's right. That's what would happen. Uh, obviously, I Marcus, feel confident uh, that, there, that, that there is no male college team in Division One that wouldn't win the WNBA championship and go undefeated. <laughs> Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. What would you call in for this morning, Marcus? What in the world of sports has you excited? Well, I called in to see if you wanted to talk some about the Browns and how you think they're going to be this year. Oh, heck yeah. I'm super pumped. You know, I went and saw, um, I saw two games last year uh, the Browns played. Ticket prices have, have uh, doubled this year. Obviously, they have tons of talent. I think they got the right quarterback, so they'll be fine. You know, they they might have some head cases in the locker room, but I think Baker's the right guy. I I expect them to make the playoffs. You know, I, I kind of do too. I, they remind me now, uh, Steve. You're younger than I am, but we're both too young to really talk about this team since neither one of us ever saw them play. But the Jets, when Joe Namath was playing there. I think that's what reminds me of a little bit. I've read a couple of books about them, and they had a couple of guys on that team that were kind of, like you said, a little head casey and kind of nuts or whatever. But because they had Namath as the ringleader, uh, it all worked out pretty well for them. I don't really know. What what really surprises me is, you know, three or four years, well, not even three or four, two years ago, three years ago, you know, the Browns go winless, and everybody acts like, they have no talent at any position, right? But I think if you look at their roster now, you know, you got quarterback, you got that covered, right? You got good wide receiver core. You got a good defensive backfield. You got good linebackers, right? You've made massive strides on the defensive line. The, the only the potential pitfalls I see for them offensive is line. Uh, offensive line, especially at offensive tackle. But Joe Thomas is not coming out of re- retirement. Have you seen Joe Thomas lately? Yeah, yeah. He's he's really thin, thinned out. <laughs> he, he lost like 85 pounds or something like that. So, But, uh, yeah, and especially with the division, the way that it is, uh, I don't really see the Bengals doing any kind of a big improvement. Uh, the Steelers, I, I think their time has come to be over. So I think it comes down to the Browns and the Ravens. And you you got to like the Browns' chances. The only thing that concerns me is that it seems like there's a lot of bandwagon yeah. towards the Browns because people love to see a team that's so downtrodden start making progress and start making progress. And, you know, last year the Bengals – I mean, the Browns played a schedule that was based on them going 1-15. and 15. 
And this year they got a schedule based on them being 500 or, or might as well have been 500, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so I just, you know, sometimes a team looks like they're going to be really good. They have a big improvement in the season. And then they take a step back because the level of competition comes up. But I, I don't really know since the division has gotten weaker if that will really affect them. So I'm hoping for playoffs for them too. Yeah, me too. I, I, I agree with you the, with the offensive line. I think they traded Zeitler to the Giants to get Olivier Vernon. I guess they have some guys they know, uh, some backup guys they're going to play. But, yeah, with this much attention – with all the big names you have, with Odell Beckham, then and then getting Kareem Hunt, uh, you know, people kind of expect you to fail. That there's a lot of bandwagon guys following the team. I'm worried about it. But hey, do you do you think an eight game suspension for Kareem Hunt is appropriate? Um, yeah, I'm glad a, I'm glad a team picked him back up. I mean. Remember when this happened last year? He was out of the league, so I'm I'm glad that he's getting a second chance. But whenever you have something come out on video like that, you know, if it wasn't filmed, he wouldn't have an eight game suspension. But you remember Ray Rice? He would he have a two game until the until the tape came out? So yeah, yeah, it, it's on tape. So that's that's where they got him. Yeah, but I I just feel like that the the way he was being talked to and the way those people were basically. You know, intentionally, I just feel like it was almost like a setup. Like those women were intentionally antagonizing him, knowing that there's a certain way that you can't talk to black men, right? Yeah. But I don't know. I think it's sort of an overreaction because of what the NBA mistakenly sees as underreaction in the past, like the Ray Rice thing. So now they're trying to make a statement. But, yeah. You know, I, I think that you, Pittsburgh has a serial rapist uh, on their team as the starting quarterback, and, you know, that, that that's much worse to me. And he, he didn't get an eight-game suspension. Frankly, I felt like he should have been suspended for a year. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. I, I wanted to call in and talk some football because, you know, it's less than 100 days till the first game of the NFL season. Uh, and even though we're not playing football, apparently – we decided to spend this morning talking about things that aren't really happening with, you know, the endless chatter about college basketball in this town, which I despair of. But are you watching any of the Stanley Cup? Yeah, I was. You know, I was watching every game when the Blue Jackets were in it, but now uh, I'm kind of hit or miss. Now that it's the, the finals, I'm watching, yeah. Did you? What's, what's Columbus's coach's name, John? What's his name? Uh, he was at, he's the crazy guy that was at Washington. A couple of years back, right? Yeah. John Tortorella. Yeah, Tortorella. 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 That's it. Yeah, yeah. I, I love when uh, they lost game five to the Bruins and they were going back to Columbus for game six and he said, I guarantee there'll be a game seven. So when you guarantee something that doesn't happen, shouldn't he like have to buy free tickets for everybody for the season opener or something like that? Yeah, but it's the Bruins that beat them. So, every, you know, every. Most of America hates Boston sports, so no one really held them to it. <laughs> well, you know what's about to happen, right? Boston's about to become the first city since Detroit back in the 50s to win the World Series, the NFL title game, and the Stanley Cup. Yeah, we're tired of it. Yeah, I mentioned that to somebody last night, and they were like, well, isn't there another team that did that or another city? And I said, yeah, Detroit. 
and they looked at me like I was insane, and they were like, Detroit! But, you know, when you're talking about a lifetime ago, that's a different lifetime. Detroit used to be good. Yeah. Mark, has any thoughts on them banning the Oklahoma drill in football? Well, I mean, that's a nice little statement or whatever to make it look like they're doing something. But how many teams do you think in the NFL actually ran that drill and of the one or two that may have still run it, do you think the players actually gave a shit or went all out? I don't. Yeah, I hear you. All right, Marcus, uh, anything, yeah. anything else before we let you go? No, I'd say uh, this is a boring time of year for sports, but I do have to agree with Gary. You know how rare that is. But, but I think Gary's right on the NBA. I think uh, – Four to one will be the final uh, run of the NBA AA, uh, the NBA finals. So that's all I got for today, guys. Good show so far. All right, Marcus. Thanks for calling in, man. Have a good rest of your day. Bye bye. Good stuff there, my Marcus. Yeah, uh, I, lo- yeah. I love you know I love the Browns talk. I'm yeah. super hyped for this year. He had some Brown talk there at the very end. Yeah, I mean, what would be a Marcus call without you know having to hit the dump button, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. But good call, good call. And you know, while while Marcus was talking, I was doing some research. Okay, going back to Blue's call. Do y'all feel like? Do you feel like Ashton Hagens was ready for the NBA this year? No. Do you? Uh, no. I, I probably didn't watch him as much as you guys, though. Okay. Here's the stats between for Trey Jones and Ashton Hagens. Nobody in America thought Ashton Hagens was ready for the NBA. Okay. He averaged eight points. Three rebounds, four assists a game. Shot 52% from the field, 28% from three-point line. Trey Jones, nine points a game, four rebounds, five assists, 26% from three-point range, and 48% from the field goal. But everybody thinks he should have been a lottery pick. I don't think everybody thinks he should be a lottery pick. I think he probably meant more than Duke, meant more to Duke than Higgins does to the U.K., right? Look, if <laughs> – if he could have went to the NBA, he would have went, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the point. The kid didn't go to the NBA because he's not NBA material. He's not, well, he's not ready. I think he could be an NBA <laughs> Yeah, but player. that's not to say he's not good. Right. I mean, I, I, well, but what I'm saying is he would have went if he could have went. And uh, I just don't see him fit, you know. I don't think he's terrible. I just don't think he's an NBA player right now. Yeah. I mean, I – but that's my opinion. I mean, I think Quinn Cook was actually better than him, and uh, Quinn Cook's actually really good. Yeah, he's playing good for Golden State. Yep. Um, and he he took the hard road too. He went G League for a while. And, I could see that being the same. Type I mean, how many times did he sign ten day contracts with Memphis and all these other? I think Memphis had him for like five ten day contracts. So I don't know. I mean. I don't want to take back saying that he's not good because I, I didn't think he was great this year. I mean, them it's leave- more than just stats with with Trey Jones. You, yeah, they they he clogged up the middle because he couldn't shoot. Is what it was. They backed off of him. It gave the the pain an extra defender. Same thing they would they do with Hayden. He should have averaged seven assists a game with the guys he had around him. That's the point. Five assists is not bad at all, but five assists with Zion and. R.J. Barrett and uh, Cam Reddish. Yeah, and they didn't need him to shoot. They didn't need him to shoot that no. well. And But he, like Cal says, you don't have to hit them all. You just can't miss them all. You know, you have to be respectful. Ashton Hagens missed like 30 in a row. 
I think he's a good player. I don't. He's not an NBA player right now. It don't mean the kid's not good. He's just not ready. But like Chris said, he didn't come back because he couldn't have gotten uh, – because he, he he came back because he wasn't ready. He wasn't – they had him mid-second-round pick. And plus, who knows? With as dirty as college basketball as he could have been taking a pay cut to go to the draft, right? I know you don't want to hit on that right now, but you never know. That's big for Duke that he's coming back. Though, Absolutely. It is. Player most definitely. With all those young guys coming in. Uh, Anytime you can get your starting point guard back on a college team is huge. Yep. And Kentucky got two of them back, so I look for Kentucky and Duke to be pretty solid at the guard position. Yep. And, you know, it's kind of hard as far as Trey Jones. R.J. Barrett had the ball in his hands most of the time. Yeah, a lot. Yep. He was a gun. He yeah. was, but I, I actually think he's going to be better in the NBA than – I mean, his game is more suited for the NBA than college. Yeah, the way the floor, the way the floor is spaced in the NBA, oh, you yeah. know, there's hardly any help defense. Yeah, I think he'll be a lot better. And he's probably going to New York. Yeah, with the with the fourth pick? Mm-hmm. Is that – Third. Third pick? Third pick, I think, is it? Yeah, I think the Lakers got the fourth. But, you know, they could – what if they send that pick to New Orleans? Yeah. For Anthony Davis, you know, they'd have to send more than that. But what if New Orleans was, you know, I want Zion and RJ. They played together in college. Yeah. Let's have this be the core of our franchise. If I was New Orleans, though, and Anthony Davis came to me and said, I don't, I don't want to play for you anymore, I'd, I'd send them. I know it sucks sending them to the Lakers, but I think they have the most to offer. But you did you hear Kuzma, that... Ingram, the right. fourth pick, Lonzo yeah. Ball. One of the uh... – you know, office people there said that over their dead body would they let him go to L.A. So, I don't know. I think it would be the best. Uh, you would get the most out of Anthony Davis to trade him to the Lakers, but I don't see it happening, actually. Um, I, I think they set up the whole Anthony Davis to the Lakers thing they, last year anyway. and it. Uh, but what, what are you going to get better than – the package that the Lakers can send. You can maybe get Jason Tatum from the Celtics. Yeah. You could you could I don't know what the Knicks what did the Knicks have to offer? Not a whole lot other than Knox, picks. Yeah, Knox Kevin in the Knox. third pick. Yeah. But it's gonna take a whole lot more than that. I think Anthony Davis kinda hurt the Pelicans by putting it out there he wasn't coming back. So that right there lets you know you ain't gotta put a whole bunch of things together because you know, it kinda hurts the Pelicans leverage. But they could they have time to David Griffin Griffin is the GM now. They they're getting Zion. They still have time to convince Anthony Davis to stick around, or they could keep him to February and trade him. Yeah, I still think that the Lakers have the best package to send to New Orleans. I agree. I mean, if you have Zion and Drew Holiday, and you add Kuzma, Ingram, um, who else? Lonzo in the fourth pick. That's a that's a haul. Yeah, you know who I'd like to see him with Minnesota. If you Who, put Davis, yeah. If you put him at the five, you put uh, Carl Towns at the four. I think he ends up. You'd in have Boston. to. You'd have to give up Andrew Wiggins, Tyus Jones. I mean, you'd have to give yeah, up a whole that's lot. Still not enough. I mean, Wiggins isn't the player that everybody thought Tatum is yeah. or Kuzma is really. You know. Yeah. I'm kind of curious to see who the Lakers will get. I mean, I think maybe Kyrie is an option. Yeah. What do you think about their coach as a hire? Did you read the ESPN article about the disaster that the Lakers were? I mean, it's 
Yeah. It's like 25 pages long. You just keep scrolling. But that, there is some insane – some people have got PTSD, had to go on medication because Magic Johnson's so crazy as a GM. When he first hired in, he had a stack of resumes on his desk and told everybody that they're replaceable. So everybody's job was just in jeopardy from day one, like all the training staff, you know, execs, coaching staff. There's some – it was a nightmare. Yeah. Kelly Patrick did the same thing to me when I started working here. <laughs> Yeah, we're all replaceable. <laughs> yep, there's there's not one person that's irreplaceable. I just think it was a bad matchup. Uh, you have a former agent running the – Yeah, Kobe's, Kobe Bryant's agent yeah. is the GM for the Lakers. Yeah, so you're set up to fail. When, you, when he was brought in, all the pieces were in place. So he really had no leverage. And, and I don't know – it's gotten so bad since Jeannie Buss took over. Yep. And a lot of that article was LeBron's crew flies with the team. Three three of LeBron's crew is, you know, is hired by the team. But uh, we're going to get out of here. Thanks for tuning in this Sunday morning alongside Gary Love, Chris Embry, and uh, Doc. I'm Steve Driver. Um, tune, in, tune in next week, uh, Sunday, 9 to 11. Thanks, everybody. Hey.